We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. In order to verify your copy of Square Wave Symphony, please consult your manual at page 9, paragraph 2, and enter the fourth word. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and yes, it is time for another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in Halifax. Uh, this is your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. Greetings, everyone, on this uh, hopefully lovely Friday. It, I'm not recording this on Friday, so I can't say for sure, but what are you going to do? Anyway, uh, let's get right to it, because we do have a fair amount to cover in this episode with uh, a guest, as usual, joining from uh, News of the Weird onward. Uh, we have... I think this is the point that, one, that I'm starting from. So we have two new episodes of Final Fantasy VIII from Jason. Uh, we have a whole bunch of re-uploads from Jason that I'm going to scroll through and hopefully not miss anything. Three, four, five new episodes of Off. Uh, that little bizarre gem. Uh, oh, another two episodes of Final Fantasy VIII um, right here. Uh, Dusk from Scarlet. Thank you, phone. Dusk from Scarlet with uh, 10 new episodes there. And I think uh, one new episode of Minecraft. And that's gonna about do it. We have a couple of new soundtracks as well. American Gladiators and Space Colony. And I think... No, that was last week. Um, we need a better way of organizing things, I'm not gonna lie. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what is going on at Low Bias Gaming, so let's move on to the Archives music! You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax.
You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Rich Douglas, and it is the title theme of today's game from the archives. A hidden key unlocks an ancient castle's door. As it creaks open on rusted hinges, the whisper of a dank, stale wind delivers this chill warning. Danger awaits you. Yet within these dark and ominous walls lies your quest. Welcome to Castle Shadowgate. Your destiny as the alas of a great line of hero kings is to terminate the diabolical warlock lord before his dreaded black magic unleashes the hideous behemoth and destroys the world. With a strong heart and shining armor, you carefully choose your path of travel throughout the castle's sinister grounds. Along the way, you'll discover strange and wondrous objects. Some things may be useful in your journey, others may be deadly to the touch. 3D images, unsurpassed graphics, and special sound effects unfold as you venture through these grave ruins. But beware, your next move could be your last. And uh, that's more or less the back of the box for uh, Shadowgate. The new version of Shadowgate, specifically it's an adventure game for Windows, developed by Zojoy Studios, published by Reverb Triple XP, and released in 2014, which of course this is a remake of the original NES and Mac Ventures Shadowgate. Um, so yeah, it's much like the original, except that it's new graphics and stuff. And interface new basically same old game but like new new look same great taste type of thing I guess is what I'm trying to say and Ragnats brings us that um, series here on low bias gaming uh, there are technically six episodes although some of them are split up into multiples so do the math I guess but uh, yeah that's over on Low Bias Gaming. Oh, and Scarlet is uh, also doing co-commentary for that, so that's pretty cool.
that was DJ Keebs with Easter Hammock Arcade, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, well, you know it. It's time for the news of the weird. And as I have been doing for the last few weeks now, I do have a guest along with me from this point. Hello. Hi. Who the hell are you? <laughs> uh, so this would be Blazewing, otherwise known as Gina. Uh, you had me on your show, I think, it was back in 2018 around Christmas time. So yes. hi again. Hello again. I'm um, glad to have you on the show again. Glad that you would want to be on the show again at least that means that people want to return (laughs) it's my pleasure i actually get kind of a thrill out of this uh you know last time was my first official time on air that i can recall i got i got a bit of a kick out of it so i was more than happy to do it for you well um let's get started on doing it one more time then Absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, news of the weird. As usual, I do not read these stories ahead of time. Some of these may not jive well with all audiences, but they have been scanned for objectionable content. This segment is usually about 15 minutes long or so, so take that as you will. Our lead story for today, Annals of Isolation, and there are four sub-stories. I wonder where these stories are, are coming from. Let's find um, out. So, uh, in Melbourne, Australia, Uh, Quote, a bit of boredom in isolation led 27-year-old astrophysicist Daniel Reardon to experiment on March 26th with an idea to stop people from touching their faces, a necklace and accompanying uh, bracelet of magnets that would sound an alarm whenever someone reached up, the Guardian reported. When that didn't work, Reardon started playing with the powerful neodymium uh, magnets uh, clipping them to his earlobes and nostrils, and that's where things went wrong. <laughs> Two magnets inside his nostrils became stuck together, and he couldn't separate them. Reardon tried using pliers, but they, but they became man- uh, magnetized. Every time I brought the pliers close to my nose, my entire nose would shift toward the pliers, and then the pliers would stick to the magnet, he said. Finally, his partner, quote, took me to the hospital that she works in because she wanted all her colleagues to laugh at me." Uh, end quote. And doctors applied an, an anesthetic spray then manually removed the magnets. Needless to say, I'm not going to play with the magnets anymore, Reardon said. Donuts Delight in Rochester, New York. Uh, hang on. Before, before we keep reading the news, let's react to the story. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I think the major takeaway here is don't put magnets in your nose. No. Um, in fact, I mean, it, it's an interesting idea to, to get people to stop touching their faces as I'm touching my face. But uh, <laughs> do be careful with magnets. Uh, could you say he had a magnetic personality? Quite possibly, yes. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about that. That's <laughs> just... Why would you think that's a good idea? People people come up with 
people have to come up with bad ideas before they come up with a good one. It's you science. know what? That, that's fair. They say that the only difference between a master and a novice is the master has failed more times than the novice tried. Sounds about right. So, okay. Any, any any other thoughts on that? Uh, no. Let's just move on to the next story. Cool. Now, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Donuts Delight in Rochester, New York has found a special way to pay tribute to immunologist Dr. Anthony Fauci. Since March 23rd, the shop has been printing Dr. Fauci's image on thin edible paper and then applying it to the buttercream frosting on its donuts. Nick Semiraro, franchisee of the shop, told the Democratic, uh, the Democrat and Chronicle, quote, he's on TV giving us the facts. You've got to respect that. People are buying them like crazy. We're making more right now, end quote. The Doc Donuts go for $20 per dozen. Curbside pickup and delivery is available. Okay. Um, I want uh, my face on a donut. How do I go about getting my face on? I mean, I'm sure there are people who um, who can arrange that. Um, just custom made donuts and things. I know that there, there are some coffee places, you know, in times when coffee places are open, that uh, you can give them a picture and they will put it effectively in your drink. Yeah, I've, I've actually I've actually seen that going around. I think the most recent one I saw was a cat face or something like that. And I know Dairy Queen has a way to do like actual pictures on it on their like ice cream cakes and whatnot. And that's pretty cool. It's certainly putting a different twist on eating someone's face definitely the uh the, it's definitely the icing on the cake there you go our next story under annals of isolation a survey commissioned by mentimeter an interactive presentation company found that 12 uh, 12 percent of people working from home turned their computer's camera off during a video meeting because they're wearing few or no clothes united press international reported on march 26th Along with that, the Walmart, uh, Walmart Executive Vice President Dan Bartlett told the Washington Post, We're seeing increased sales in tops, but not bottoms. The phenomenon presum presumably driven by video conferencing workers who do leave their cameras on. So I know what things going on as they are at the moment. One of my classes that actually just finished on Wednesday was actually it actually moved from in-person and face-to-face -face, um, to an online video conferencing right. and when I was in class I'd actually keep my camera off because 90% of the time I was in my PJs yeah sounds about right I mean it's the I find that the best way to keep track on you know any sort of work that you're doing is to dress as if you're going to work but most people are just not going to do that. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things right now where, oh no, I woke up two hours late and I was late getting to the living room. My whole schedule's thrown off for the day. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. It's. I mean, why have video on if you could not have pants? Yeah. I mean. So. Well, then again, it's not like you're going to show below the belt to everyone online. But, you know, anyway. That was a little too below the belt for me. Indeed. Let's move on to the next story. App developers Daniel Amadezida and Christopher <laughs> Sneeder 
have good news for those in the dating pool during this time of social distancing and staying at home. Quarantine Together is a text-based app they launched on March 15th that asked users once a day whether they've washed their hands, and if they said yes, they're introduced to another user. Nivi Jayasekar of San Francisco told CNN she was eager to give it a shot. Quote, it was a hilarious idea. I feel like it's an opportunity to form a deeper connection with someone before meeting them. End quote, she said. And that last name that I can't pronounce, unfortunately, uh, Amadizade, I think. Amadizade reports that signups have been growing by 50% every day. I mean, it's not a bad idea. Um, I can't argue with that. I, I think that there should be more questions than just have you washed your hands. Um, I mean, this, that's that's not completely inaccurate. But yeah, add a little bit of variety because it's not all about washing hands. Uh, you know, this. Have you washed your hands today? Yes. Here, have a friend. <laughs> that that's. A, a, a strange way of um, positive reinforcement, but if, it, if it's working and people like it, then let's keep doing it, I guess. Yeah, I do gotta say, I do like the idea of that type of app, though. Yeah. It's encouraging... Um, it's encouraging good things to do, and also trying to fight this whole social distancing thing. So... Yeah, it's it's definitely something I think that needs to be worked on, but you know, kudos for an epic idea. Yeah. Alright, so uh, now with those out of the way, there's also still some normal news that keeps happening because people are still going out into the world, so... You know. Just because the world stopped turning doesn't mean the news stops coming. Exactly. Alright, next story, doggone it. Alberto Tito Alejandro, 51, was arrested following a high-speed chase after Washington state troopers re received multiple calls on March 29th about a car hitting two other vehicles south of Seattle and then racing away at speeds up to 100 miles an hour, AFP reported. Trooper Heather Axman uh, said that when officers got close to the 1996 Buick, they were shocked to see a dog sitting in the driver's seat. I think I've seen this story, actually. Um, Alejandro was steering and pushing the gas pedal from the passenger seat. When we took him into custody, Axman said, he admitted to our troopers that he was teaching his dog to drive. I've heard a lot of excuses, but I've never had an excuse that was that uh, the dog was driving. Alejandro was charged on multiple counts, including driving under the influence of drugs. Uh this just brings up to this just brings to memory that uh, that meme I see floating around Facebook where you know you pull the the cop pulls the person over and the cop's like give me a good excuse and the person's like I'm a reverse vampire I have to get home before the sun sets oh jeez but teaching a dog to drive huh I mean considering that uh, that he was charged with driving under the influence of drugs that probably had something to do with it. They said I could never teach a llama to drive. A llama. No llama, no! I think the main reason that a llama can't drive is that the llama can't fit in the car. You know what? I mean, they could if you just think a sunroof over the driver's head. 
100 miles per hour, though. Yeah, that's... So, they don't mention anything about the type of car he was driving. Are we no. supposed to assume that he might have been driving a DeLorean? <laughs> well, then he would be driving 88. But he's going over 88, which means he can go twice as fast. I don't think DeLoreans are able to go over over uh, 88, really. Ah, that's fair. Alright, next story. Moving on. All In. Medfet UK, a small company that supplies people who indulge in medical fetishes, donated its entire inventory, just a few sets, of disposable medical scrubs to Britain's National Health Service, the NHS, on March 27th after being contacted by desperate procurement officers, Metro News reported. Quote, when we, a tiny company, set up to serve a small section of the King community, find ourselves being sought out as a last resort supplier to our National Health Service in a time of crisis, something is seriously wrong, end quote. The company posted on Twitter. It also took the opportunity to provide a PSA. Whether getting ready for some kinky fun or guarding against a virus outbreak, the single most effective method of infection control is scrupulous hand hygiene. I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't really find any fault in that. They seem, I've seen a couple of kink communities kind of stepping up and going to bat during times of need. And yeah. I've also seen one other specific company that comes to mind, um, Pornhub. Yes. They gave Italy porn, Pornhub premium, access to Pornhub premium videos for free while Italy was under, under like quarantine, like strict quarantine yeah. orders. They basically said, here's free content. Go do what you want. I mean, that's, that's probably going to help with keeping them in their homes. Is it just um, me? Or do kink, fetish, and, for lack of a better word, adult content companies seem to be stepping up? Yeah. And, you know, stepping up to bat and taking life by the horns and, like, be absolutely rocking the good press game uh, over the last few years? Yeah, that, that's what it seemed like to me, at, at the very least. Like, kudos to you guys. <laughs> Remember, sex is not evil. No, it's just our societal... our, our societal... Um, understand... Our, our societal conceptions of it. Yes. Our next story, Discovery. Friends Callum Gow, Josh Grossman, and Carlin, uh, Carson Schiffner in British Columbia, all in their early 20s, decided a hike away from more heavily traveled trails near Alouette Lake would be a good way to maintain social distance on March 20th. There have long been rumors of a stash of gold hidden in the area, but the, tr the treasure they discovered was completely different a secret camp including supplies that hadn't been touched for almost 30 years. It was almost like one of those time capsules that you run into, Schiffner told the CBC. The hikers found sealed boxes, a radio, a Coleman stove, first aid supplies, a knife, tobacco, and apropos to the current day, a big roll of toilet paper. A logbook revealed the camp had been used from 1986 until 1991, and through social media, the hikers managed to find some of the original campers, including Rick Senft. He explained that a group of friends calling themselves the BC Weirdness Federation set up the camp, but quote, life gets in the way, and they gathered, uh, they gathered there less and less. They're probably some of the best years I had, he reminisced. Holy crap. Yeah. 
is reminiscent of the, the entire concept of geocaching, except that this wasn't actually documented. It's like, it's, it's not, it, it might not have been gold, but it might have been as good as gold. Well, you're looking, the camp was used from 1986 until 1991. We are now 2020, so that's what, almost 30 years later. Yeah, um, and it's still standing. Not just that, but the supplies that they found, it does. It, they, it, they said the boxes were sealed, but they didn't say it mentioned if things were usable. I imagine like the electronics and stuff probably would be, and possibly the toilet paper and whatnot, depending on moisture levels. But that is insane. You're looking at tech from 30 years ago. <laughs> like, that's a gem. Yeah. I am, wow, just wow. <laughs> that is pretty cool. All right. Uh, moving, moving on, desperate measures. After three days quarantined in his house in Mexico, Antonio Munoz uh, got a yen for Cheetos. With the neighborhood store just feet away, but out of reach for non-essential trip outside, Munoz enlisted the help of his chihuahua, Chokis. Munoz attached a note and $20 to Chokis' collar and sent the dog across the street. Sure enough, the dog returned with the Cheetos, and Munoz, uh, and Munoz told Metro News on March 25th that he has repeated the trip two other times, bringing back different flavors of potato chips. <laughs> I Go mean, fetch. That, yeah, that's one way to do delivery, I guess. I mean, he's observing the self-isolation and social, social distancing thing while you know, paying strict attention to quarantine orders, mm -hmm. and he's found an innovative way to get himself snacks. There you go. Um. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I I don't know what to say on that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Is the only thing that we really can say. You know what? I'm gonna give an E for effort on that and for ingenuity. An I for ingenuity. Which is, you know what? I like that. We'll go with an I for ingenuity. Which is past F. So um, maybe we need to rethink our lettering system. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I'm going to put I before A. Except, except after Q. Yeah, except after Q. <laughs> our government in action. Well, not our government, but the U.S. government. Anyway. Business Insider reported the U.S. Navy installed new toilet and sewage systems on two of its aircraft carriers, the Nimitz-class USS George H.W. Bush and the newer USS Gerald R. Ford, but found they, quote, reportedly cannot withstand demand without having problems. Frequent clogs required the Navy to acid flush the, sewer the sewage systems, quote, on a regular basis, each flush costing $400,000, a government accounti uh, accountability office review indicated. The excuse me, the carriers house uh, the carriers house a crew of more than 4,000 people. So, would you say they flush $400,000 down the drain? I mean, that's that's accurate. That's also a really crappy situation to find yourself in. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I have way too many puns for this. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Reportedly cannot withstand the demand without having problems. Oh my. <laughs> so was this George A was this George Bush Senior or George Bush Junior? Senior. Um, 
George Bush Sr. was unfortunately before my time. I cannot remember much of his era. As much as I would like to make a joke about that, I cannot. Same with Ford, unfortunately. <laughs> I, do ha- I do, however, love the fact that the Government Accountability Office was the one to look into this. I, I It's certainly something to account for, anyway. <laughs> oh, and, my word. And our last story for today... Can't win. A tractor trailer crash and subsequent fire near Dallas on April 1st lay waste to an entire load of of a hot commodity in these bizarre times. Toilet paper. Mm -hmm. The Associated Press reports the driver was unharmed, but the TP burned extensively and spilled uh, spilled over the interstate, which had had to be closed to traffic. The truck was hauling the large rolls typically used in business restrooms. Oh, so it was those giant holes that you see in retail stores you know the ones with the the cheap toilet paper rolls that you know they're usually only single ply and you actually run the risk of putting your finger through still in this in this current climate i guess any tp is better than no tp maybe that also means that we should start moving towards a three seashells type deal Thing is, like, as I've mentioned on the show before, this is a respiratory issue. <laughs> you you are yeah. not you're not going to be sitting on the toilet over this one, so why is the TP disappearing? I don't know about you, but given the right circumstances, I might be. Disappearing? Sitting on the toilet during this crisis. Oh. Well, yes, but not because of it still like wow um how does toilet paper burn extensively you figured that would like go up in flames almost instantly because it is extremely flammable it is do they mean it burned extensively as in there was a large fire or that the fire lasted for a while probably a little both I'm glad that the driver was unharmed, though. Yes. All right. So that's going to about do it for the News of the Weird, which ended up lasting a lot longer than I thought it would, but that's fine. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU, 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get to some music.
That was Nivik Black with Time for You Defeat. No points for spelling. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to the Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm Coolio. If you don't know, I'm still being joined by... J-Pop! Hello, everyone! Hi! And it is time for yet another dialogue box segment. Um, so this is pretty much where we're just hanging out and talking about whatever. And uh, we're pretty much going to start with the fact that J-Pop for Life here has a YouTube channel and also Twitch streaming thing. Uh, details on that will be at the end of the show. But um, what? Uh, ba- basically, let's start with what got you into the whole streaming and YouTube and all that. Well, uh, when it came to YouTube... Um... I started doing it because my brother had already been doing it, um, his, his making bro- videos. His, his brother, by the way, uh, the real zero, who was on a few weeks ago. Yes, that guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> love you, bro. And um, he had been making YouTube videos of old NES games that we played in our youth, and living the nostalgia and yeah. watching it. It was, it was really cool. And so I started doing it, uh, basic Let's Plays, um, uh, started doing that myself, and it was, it was just good fun, it still is good fun, and doing that evolved into doing, um, two-player Let's Plays, (laughs) uh, between me and my brother, and replaying a lot of the co-op games together, and... We had lots of fun recording those, and the yeah. reaction from many people coming by, seeing our banter, seeing our chemistry, and just, it was just good fun. Yeah, and, and that—that's—I I would definitely agree with that. It's like I like—I like your videos, I like Zero's videos, but the ones where it's both of you guys, I find are the most dynamic and the most fun, honestly. They, they really are the most fun, and there isn't really any planning, um, yeah. maybe besides the game, but like, even if I'm asked to come over, it's like, alright, I need you for this amount of time. I don't know what game we're playing, I don't know, <laughs> we don't know how long it's gonna be, um, and it all, it's all natural, it's just us, and I think that's the most charming thing, um, about it, and that's what made me want to make YouTube videos um, because it's fun it's enjoyable you get to meet a whole lot of people yeah pretty much it's it's just a good time it is a good time um, so I'm, I'm sure that you probably have some interesting stories about you and your brother in uh, playing games as, as you were kids or something Ooh, interesting stories. Um, I I'm, I realize it's really not much of a of a seed to go on. It's like it, it, it's like if someone asks you what your favorite book is, and all of a sudden you forget every single book you've ever read. 
<laughs> and yes, that that is quoting Doctor Who or paraphrasing at the very least. Some of uh, the interesting stories that I could think of um, more relate to. Okay, let's go with this story. So, okay. um, it, in in our youth on the Super Nintendo with Mario Kart, um, there was a competition of who could have the best time on Rainbow Road. Okay. <laughs> that sounds, sounds like an intense competition, considering Rainbow Road itself. It, it, it was, and it was a competition between me, my brother, and actually our father as well. And, you know, we would... It wasn't just like a one-day thing. It was like a couple times a week, people would be trying to get the best time. When we walk in on somebody trying to get the time uh we watch them you know eyes are glued to them especially if they're having a good run and the the top time exchange hands uh between me and my dad for a while my brother came into the fray um oh maybe he got a top time but maybe not uh but eventually i came out on top and ended up smashing um everyone and that's where it sat for decades and I come over to my brother's house <laughs> and he has the Super Nintendo set up and he's like oh hey hey why don't you play some Mario Kart I'm like oh okay yeah sure it sounds like a good time like I don't the, like I, I know what I'm expecting to see and um, so I go to Rainbow Road and I see the times not only are my times beaten but they were smashed wow. by, you know, probably by like five seconds. Um, and I don't know what drove my brother to uh, want to top that, but... It's sibling um, rivalry, I mean. It's, it's sibling rivalry. He finally... Uh, I was always better at video games than him in general mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. I was two years older than him, so, you know, when your age is like 9 and 7, 10 and 8, I'm just going to be better. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, now that we're so much older... But now um, he's older than you. <laughs> now he's the older brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I get with racing games, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, um, he's, he's had a com stellar command over me. Like, um, it's the, um, switching over to arcades, the initial D racing games, um, we would play those when it was popular and, you know, we had fun and we would compete and my brother, he got way, way ahead of me, um, for a multitude of reasons, but he is better than I now and we would have when we would race each other, it'd be funny with all these crowds because we knew how much better my brother was. <laughs> he would actually give me, depending on the course, he would give me a 250 meter, 300 meter, or on his best course, Akina, like a 375 meter head start wow. where I would just go from the start and he'd be staying there. People would be like, what is he doing? Um, and we would turn off the uh, speed uh balance boost thingy that they have type of thing, yeah. yeah i was, I was actually just off. about to ask about that 
yeah, we would turn it off because otherwise it would just mess it up. But this gave us a really good idea of where we stood. And so we're racing and, you know, it's intense the whole time because if I don't drive well, he'll catch up and beat me. If he doesn't drive well, he will lose. And we've had multiple um, results coming from it, but a lot of the times he's right on my tail in the last three turns of the race and it's can i hold him off until he passes me or not and that's the whole race (laughs) so we have these crowds watching and just confused at what's going on and they see him get closer and closer (laughs) and closer (laughs) and i'm I'm freaking out trying to hold him off (laughs) and so you get these cheers and excitements at the very end of the race and it would be a wild ride for no apparent reason than something that we manufacture to make it fun. There you go. It's de- definitely uh, definitely a crowd pleaser at the very least. It's like <laughs> everyone, everyone will by default root for at least the person they think is the underdog, except that in this case he was behind on purpose because he was that good at the game (laughs) (laughs) and it made it it made it fun and exciting for us we because we know my greatest strength has always been fighting games and my brother doesn't compete at all in that regard Hmm. um and it's it's if it's so one-sided it's not really fun for either side i don't have any fun beating up on my brother and he doesn't really have any fun playing against me it's just too different Mm. um too different and with the racing game it's not fun watching him just get away from me and go away so we came up with this scenario to make it exciting for both of us we want to win but it's not that important that we win it's more important the tension the fun the race that we have between us yeah, that's pretty much the same sort of. Um, that's pretty much the same sort of attitude that I have toward games in general. It's like I I definitely like to win, but I don't want to win by a landslide, and I also don't want to lose by a landslide. But I, if I lose, it's not really a big deal either. I, I want yeah. it to be close, is what I'm trying to say. It's like, it, it's always more fun if the people are evenly matched. It is. When it, it's more fun when you're locked in. It's it's when the game requires your attention every, yeah. every second, every detail. You're involved and invested in it that is to me where the true enjoyment of of gaming lies and especially in competition uh games the closer the competition you know the ups and the downs and trying to strive to win at the very end it's those those are the moments that i live for yeah but i i do remember actually um I don't remember what the main game was that you were playing. I think it might. It, I think it might have been. Well, it was on Zero's stream, but um, it might have been Mass Effect or something. I don't remember. 
but uh, you ended up invading his stream. I believe that's what happened, and um, you guys ended up playing Pinbot. That's right. He was streaming something else, and I knew it. We have we have signs uh, uh, on our doors that we're streaming, so we're not to uh, mm. we we try not to disturb each other's space, um, and. I forget if I barged in there, um, <laughs> like waiting and I heard the right cue, so I barged in, or if it was like, okay, I hear that he's almost done, so then I barged in, and it improved into uh, a competition of us playing, again, an old nostalgia of us, uh, Pinbot on the NES, uh, which I've actually played the actual pinball machine as well. I don't uh, know that I've that I've played the uh, the physical pinball machine there. I remember playing it one time at a cousin's birthday party, um, m m many many years ago. Hmm. Um, I would, uh, so I, would I have love, seen it. I would love to have the opportunity to play it though, because I've played I've played obviously the NES version. I've played the um, the. It was either on the GameCube or the Wii, but it was a, co a collection of pinball tables, and that was in there too. But uh, I, I definitely remember that particular stream. It's like, and that that pretty much goes right into what you're saying about having a close game, because some sometimes it doesn't seem close until it is. <laughs> It's, it's, it, that's, those are like the, the princess stories when somebody's really far down and behind. Can they make the comeback? <laughs> Can they, um, you know, will the team that's ahead, uh, be able to, to stave off, uh, the, the one chasing them and... Yeah. You know, it's like that in game. It's like that in sports. Also, sometimes a lot of a lot of fans um, may not have an interest on on a particular side. I'm gonna say like the Super Bowl is probably the most common one. Yeah. Um, but when a team is down and a team's chasing and a team's trying to stay ahead, you know, people love to see it close and exciting to the end. Because that's... I'm gonna keep saying this because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Actually, actually, I'm, I'm kind of thinking um, it's going completely in a different direction, but uh, the World Series that the Chicago Cubs ended up winning. It was like mm. the, their first win and I don't know how long. I ended up watching It was over 100 game. years, I know that much. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up watching that game. I don't watch baseball, but I ended up watching that game. It was definitely the best baseball game I've ever watched. <laughs> it was. I was. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't a Cubs fan. I forget who they were facing also. But, <laughs> like, deep in my heart, I was like, you know what? For, for the Cubs, <laughs> you know, let them get that win. And, you know,. A hundred plus years in the making, 
and a lot of people were watching it and just and then rain delays and rain delays and stuff. <laughs> I'm an adequate baseball fan, but not that big. But I will say when it comes to playoffs and the World Series, for some reason, um, you know, you're watching every pitch, every bat. The, it doesn't seem as long because yeah. baseball is a slow game. But in those moments, it doesn't seem slow. You're in, in it for the thick the whole time and it's enjoyable yeah all right um i think that's about all the time that we have so uh, let's get some more music here and um yeah so you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax
those last three tunes were all part of the same track, NES Rank by Michel Desbois. And that brings us to the end of our show for today. I want to thank y'all for listening. I hope that you enjoyed your time here. While we're still doing this whole thing of staying in our homes, I'm glad I could be allowed into your homes in this way. And I hope that uh, you, J-Pop, have also enjoyed being on the show today. Absolutely. It was a great pleasure. Maybe at some point we can have you and your brother on the show. <laughs> I'm sure that day will be hilarious when it comes. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the recording doesn't end up going like four hours long, though, because I know it has the potential. You'll have to keep us in line. <laughs> All right, and where can people find you online? Uh, I can be found on my YouTube channel, uh, YouTube username jpop number four lf and i i am also on twitch at twitch.tv slash jpop number four life jpop four l-i-f-e all right and that will of course also be in the show notes as well but uh let's end this the way we usually do so square wave symphony is based on the format of the electric leftovers podcast by jason Barton of low bias gaming lowbiasgaming.net News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Segment music composed by myself, Madame Namiki, Nori Higamikora, Twilight of Defect, Yako Viltanen, and Commissar. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU Fall by the Wishing Hour at 7pm and press start to continue at 8.30. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKD feedback line at 902-494-8041 or go uh, or leave feedback online on ckd.ca, click on shows, find Square Wave Symphony, and uh, click on leave feedback. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash square sim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Wave is one word, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or TuneIn Radio, or pretty much any podcast thing that you like to use. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, along with J-Pop. And I'll see you guys next time.